James chapter 1. We're going to focus on verse 12. I'm going to read a few verses coming up to uh, verse 12. Verse 9 says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich man in that he he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no longer risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So so also shall the rich man fade away, fade in in his way, fade away in his ways. Now, if I were to ask you this morning, how would you be blessed or happy? Right now, you're in church on a Sunday morning, so nobody's going to say. Uh, a bucket load of money, right? That, that would make me happy. Uh, but the truth is, that's in a lot of our hearts. You know, that if we could just have enough money, we, we, we could be happy. Now, what those verses are really saying is, it doesn't matter. You know, wealth doesn't matter. And if we were to take and, and, and relate people's wealth to people's happiness, we would find it's not the deciding factor. Having money doesn't make you happy. Right? Now, being poor doesn't make you happy either. Right? I'm not saying that either. But, but money is not the issue. Really, money to our way of thinking is a major deal. But when God, God says, oh, look, it's all going to be burned up anyway, it really means nothing. It's um, uh, just a, a non-essential. And I think it's very important for us to have the right attitude towards money because if we think we have to have money to be happy, it's probably likely that we'll never be happy because God could never trust us with the money that we think is going to make us happy. And if we did have the money, we'd find it didn't make us happy. So I think we need to understand that, that, it's, that um, money is not the issue. Money is not what's going to make us happy and money is not what's going to make us miserable. Uh, that's not going to be the issue in our lives uh, in reality at all. But he, James gives us... <clears throat> Something in the next verse that really turns the idea of happiness upside down for us. Really puts us in a place where, well, what do you mean? That will make me happy. That's not what I want. That's not what I plan for. That's not what I'm looking for. When I think of being happy, I've got all kinds of ways that will make me happy. Money being one of them. And that, this way that James is talking about, that wouldn't make me happy, but, but he's, going, he's going to lay it down very close. And by the way, he's going to echo Scripture uh, from other parts of Scripture in what he's going to say here. Right? So, so focus with me for a second on verse 12. Blessed are happy, more than happy. This man knows he's got the hand of God, the eye of God, and the smile of God upon his life. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation or trials... Or persecution, we might say, in there. For when he is tried, when he has been tried and tested and come through it, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. You know, God so often turns things upside down for us. We have one view of how to do it, and God gives us a totally different view. Now, we know well enough to know, listen, God knows best. You know, he, he knows what's right in the situation. Um, but sometimes we have a hard time getting our heads around what it is that God is talking about. But if we would let God take us and turn our hearts around and draw us to where he wants us to go, you know what we would find? We would find he's right. We always find he's right, don't we? Whatever you trust him and do what he tells you to do, he's always right. So let's tease our way through this verse and... Understand, before we even start, God is right. 
Okay, let's pray before we do. Father, would you bless us? Lord, we need your hand and need your help. Uh, Lord, we are not sufficient uh, for these things. And Lord, we're, really, we are people of flesh and we are people that walk the earth. And Lord, there are so many things that just grab our attention. And Lord, promise happiness and leave us empty. And yet, Lord, there's one thing that we are assured of that will make us happy. And so often, Lord, we, we spin our wheels and spend our lives chasing after all kinds of other things and missing on the fact that it's you that makes us happy. It's a relationship with you, a trusting relationship that lets you do whatever you want to do in our lives because we know you're good and you love us. Now, Lord, would you bless us as we look to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> How to be blessed by God or how to be happy. <clears throat> uh, the Philadelphia Baptist Catechism says this. <clears throat> Question number one. What is it that everyone wants out of life? And the answer is happiness. Right? Unless we think that answer flippant. Uh, the second question is, where is this happiness to be found? And the answer is in God only. Right? Now, you know, well, we don't disagree with that. We, we know that everybody in this room knows that you know, that's the truth. But think it through for a second. Are you really saying to the people of the 21st century that the only possible way for them to be happy is God. That money won't do it, that uh, immorality won't do it, that uh, power won't do it. That Are you really telling them that the only way they can be happy is God? And you're saying yes. Well now, <clears throat> if that's true for you, then are you living that way? Are you living in the reality that God alone can make me happy? Are you living with a misconception? Are you living a reality that's different from what you believe? Because we do that, don't we? We know on the one hand, this is what's right. This is what I believe. This is what's true. And then we live something different on the other hand. Right? But if we're living in this reality that God alone can make us happy, then <clears throat> we need to understand that, that that's the truth. It's real. It's not just real for people out there. It's not just real because, you know, I think it's a good idea for them. It's real because it's real. All right. Now, step number one uh, in how to be happy is this. We endure trials. All right. Now, again, you say, Pastor, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear something nice and sweet uh, to make me happy. How's that going to make me happy? But what the verse says is, blessed is the man that endureth temptations. Now, enduring is not a fun word. Well, we don't like that word, do we? We want to endure anything. We want to enjoy everything. And I honestly think we've become a very superficial generation in the sense that uh, we don't go for this endurance thing at all. We, we want uh, to enjoy. And trials are not part of enjoying. Now, the funny thing about it is we've all got trials in our lives. And half the time we spend our time kind of saying, well, I don't want this trial. In my life. I'm, I really wish this was out of my life. If, I, if, this, if this trial was out of my life, then I could be happy. But God says something entirely different to you. God says, if blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Now let me read you <clears throat> what the idea uh, behind this here. The Greek word has the idea of soldiers standing in position when the enemy mounts a fierce attack. When others cut and run, this man stands and fights. He does not give in to fear. He does not flinch when the battle gets hot. So he does not look for a quick way out. He stands and fights when the enemy storms the ramparts. So when trials come into your life, instead of you caving in and doing whatever it is that you do to fix it, and 
Everybody in this room has a way of fixing it when things get bad for them. Right? In some ways are obviously more damaging to you than others, but everybody here has a way of fixing it when, they, when things get bad. Instead of you caving in and doing something to fix it, what you do is you look to God and you stand in the battle and you endure. You endure. You don't let those trials take you down. You don't let those trials uh, destroy you. You see, God has two ways <clears throat> uh, of delivering us, doesn't he? Sometimes he delivers, delivers us from trials. Now, I think that's great. I, I wish he would deliver me from all my trials. You wish he would deliver you from all your trials, too. We see, what, the problem with when you get delivered from trials is this, though. You don't even know it was a trial. You got delivered from it. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be amazed at how many trials God did deliver us from. That he, that he just did not let us uh, have to face those things, that he dealt with those things beforehand for us, and he delivered us from our trials, right? But <clears throat> oftentimes, though, what God, God does is God protects us in our trials or delivers us through our trials. Not from, but through. Classic example for me would be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, those three boys... Um, <clears throat> ended up in the fiery furnace. Now, the fiery furnace is not where you want to be, not ever. Uh, they ended up in that fiery furnace, and in the fiery furnace, as they were about to die, and they understood that's the only thing that could mean that they were about to die, um, <clears throat> God delivered them in the trial. Now, and we could read that portion of Scripture. It's an amazing portion of Scripture. These three boys, first of all, they're, not, they're, they're going to endure. They're, they're not going to give in to Nebuchadnezzar. He is furious. He is absolutely furious. He, he wants them dead, and he wants them to die uh, a hot death. So he has the, the, the fire heated seven times hotter than normal, and the three boys are thrown into it. The men that throw them into it die instantly from the heat. But when he looks into the fire... They're walking in the fire with the man that looks like the Son of God. And what, what Jesus did was, Jesus delivered them in the trial. Not from the trial, in the trial. Okay? Now, if you were, I were asked, well, would you sooner Jesus deliver you in the fiery furnace, or would you sooner be delivered from the fiery furnace, from the fiery furnace, right? No question. I don't want to go on it. I'm, I'm so glad and so happy for them that they came out so well. But I'll tell you what, I do not want to heat, feel that heat uh, on my body, right? Okay. Now, but think about it for a second. They went in the burning, fiery furnace. They met Jesus in the burning, fiery furnace. And they had a chat. That, that's what the portion is, makes it sound.